and grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing that in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Now, with the help of the Holy Spirit for just a little while, I want to preach from this passage of Scripture. And I want us to notice some things, and then I'll lay out the information, just a brief outline, and then get to the heart of the sermon. Would you notice back in verse number 25 for just a moment, consider the dilemma or the disease that was raging in this lady's body. The Bible said in a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, twelve years. Now here's the dilemma that she's in. There's an abnormal, listen, flux of, there's an abnormal charge of blood coming out of her body. She's losing blood daily, and she has this disease that's in her body. It's a type and a picture of sin. She's tried everything. She's been to everybody, but she's none the better. And she's defiled. She's contaminated. Under the Mosaical law, she was unclean. She's almost in the same shape as the leper was, who would have to put a covering over his upper lip and cry unclean. Everywhere she sits, everything she touches is contaminated and defiled. But if you'll notice in verse 26, here you see this woman's destitution. The Bible tells us in verse 26, And you have suffered many things of many physicians, and he spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now there's her destitute state. She's broken financially. The Bible said she spent it all. Now, how much that she spent, I don't know. But whatever her estate was, whatever her financial means of security was, she spent every bit of it trying to better herself. Now, I remember when I was lost and out in sin, I tried it all, friend, and spent everything I had trying to better myself and to reform and to rehabilitate myself, but I was none the better. Hey, some of us have been to AA houses, halfway houses, drug rehabs, penitentiaries, and everything else, but we were none the better. See, she is broken financially. But notice something else. She's broken physically. The Bible says she's none the better, but she rather grew worse. Daily, her condition is deteriorating. Daily, she's getting worse by the very day. Now, that's the way the sinner is. You see, sir, man, if you're here today and you're lost, you think you're getting better. You think you're rehabilitating yourself and reforming yourself, and you're going to change yourself one day. But the Bible said, can a leper change his spots? Can an Ethiopian change the color of his skin? And the answer is no, and neither can a sinner change themselves from that lost state unto a saved state apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, there's her destitution. But notice her decision that she makes in verse 27 and in verse number 28. The Bible said, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch somebody's clothes, I shall be whole. I don't never read that passage of Scripture right there, but my mind says that who told her about Jesus? Did you see that? The Bible said, when she had heard, about Jesus. Now, somebody evidently had shared the story of the Lord Jesus with her. Maybe she was standing out there the day the Lord Jesus himself said that they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. And she might have heard that and said, well, that qualifies me. Or maybe she heard the Lord when he said, come unto me, all you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you that the Bible doesn't say how she heard. Hey, friend, for all I know, now bear with me here, for all I know, she might have been walking the streets of Jerusalem one day, and somebody come up to her and said, Ma'am, have you heard about Jesus? Let me tell you what he did for me. Maybe she met blind Bartimaeus one day. I guarantee you, after old blind Bartimaeus got his eyes open, that his family probably wouldn't rest until he'd been to see the doctor, and I can see him walking up there toward that doctor in Jerusalem, and he walks up the steps, and he goes in and sees the doctor check up, and he's coming out, and here comes the woman with the issue of blood to see this same medical doctor. I can see her, she runs by Bartimaeus, just about knocks him down. He said, excuse me, ma'am, and she goes a little further, and she stops in her steps, and she turns around, and she said, Bartimaeus, is that you? Where's your seeing eye dog? Where's your little white cane? Where's that milky look that was in your eyes? And Bartimaeus said, Ma'am, if you ever hear that Jesus is a passing through town, you better find him. He can help you. You say, Preacher, the Bible doesn't say that. Well, it doesn't say it didn't happen like that. I don't know. Maybe she was out there, you know, and they was having a tent meeting like you all had here in Augusta. Maybe somebody invited her to the meeting. Simon Peter's conducting services. Simon tries to get up and moderate. And all of a sudden, one over here stands up and said, Simon, I'd like to testify. Simon said, help yourself. I see an old leper. I see a leper who's been cleansed. He said, y'all remember me. I had those white spots in my flesh. I was put outside the tent to die. But one day, Jesus came by. Thank God he Move the leprosy, and the spots of seeing were gone. Holy Ghost says what he's done for others, he can do for you, ma'am. And about that time, there's another lady gets up, or a lady gets up. She said, y'all know my horrible story, but I'd like to tell it again. She said, y'all remember, I was taken in the very act of adultery. They brought me and threw me down before the blessed Lord Jesus. And she said, Jesus stooped down and rode in the ground. That stooped down and rode in the ground again. My daddy said he probably wrote G-R-A-C-E. Grace, grace, grace. I don't know what he wrote, but he stooped down and wrote. And then he looked at that woman and he said, Where are thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. He said, Neither do I accuse thee. Go and sin no more. She said, Hey, he cleansed me from all of my sins. I see another 
other man stand up. He said, I gotta testify while we're at it. He said, I like these popcorn testimonies. He said, John, remember how my hand was withered? You remember my arm was dried up? And Jesus told me one day to stretch it forth and it'd be made whole. You say preacher, the Bible doesn't say that's how it happened. But the Bible does not say that's not how it happened for you. I don't know who told her. I don't know how she found out. Maybe somebody had it in her track. Maybe somebody knocked on her door on bus visitation. I don't know how she heard it. But the Bible said when she had heard of Jesus, thank God one day I heard how that Jesus came and invaded this planet. Like the doctors are preaching out the other night. I remember when my daddy got saved at 27 years old, a drunkard, a gambler. And you know what we found ourselves the next Sunday morning? In a little white weatherboard shotgun church. They stuck me over in the Sunday school class. I've never been to Sunday school class before. I was probably shooting paper rods and pulling pigtails and anything else is going on. But I'm glad that I can still remember some of them old Sunday school teachers. They'd take them five to seven index cards and hold them up. And they'd say, Jesus loves you. And Jesus died for you. Hey, friend, you don't never know when some little snotty-nosed kid come a-dragging through into this church and they've never been loved. They've never heard nobody tell them really that Jesus loves them and died for them. Somebody told you, brother. Somebody told you, ma'am. Somebody told every one of us here. Somebody shared the gospel story with us. And I'm glad they did, brother. I'm glad they did. Now, here's her decision. It's made out of desperation. You see, she's desperate now. She's tried everybody else. She's tried every doctor. She's done everything she knows to do. But she's none the better. And I really believe that's where you're going to have to get before you get saved. You're going to have to get desperate. You're going to have to get desperate. Notice her determination. Verse 27. The Bible said when she had heard of Jesus. Notice she came in behind the press. She was determined to get to Jesus. You hear me? She wasn't going to let no hypocrite. She wasn't going to let no backslider. She wasn't going to let nobody else stop her from making her way to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you come in here looking for hypocrites, if you come in here looking for fault, you don't have to look no further than right here, friend. I'm filled with fault. I fail and come short. But I'm glad with Pilate of old. I say I find no fault in him. Nobody's ever found any fault in the blessed Son of God. Nobody. Nobody. But I can see her say, excuse me, pardon me, little boy, would you let me by? Sir, pardon me. Wait a minute, lady. Aren't you the woman with the issue of blood? Why are you doing out here with the rest of us? You're contaminated. You're defiled, woman. She said, I know it, but here's my text. Here's my subject for that. She said, I know it, but somebody get me to Jesus. I'm a dying. Somebody get me to Jesus. I'm a dying. Hey, friend, every sinner outside the ark of safety is a dying and on their way to hell. But oh, we need to get them to Jesus. Get them to Jesus, friend. Somebody get us to Jesus. I can see her making her way through that crowd. Pardon me, excuse me, let me by. Her decisions based on desperation, determination, and then on dependence. You see, she had heard 
about the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it was over here in this meeting. I mentioned this in Sunday school. Back over in the month of December, I brought my brother over here. I called Dr. Brown. I said, I'm going to be bringing my brother. He invited me to come on a Thursday night service. I preached for Brother John Rickham back on Wednesday night. Dr. Brown here on Thursday night. I said, I'm bringing my brother, preacher. I said, we'd be glad to have him. I said, but you wait a minute. You don't know what it looks like. I said, he's got hair down on his shoulders. Got it all listen. Had a permit in the back of it. I mean, laid across through here. Had a big old beard. Looked like a lumberjack. I mean, hey, just one of them old country cowboy boys. He said, bring him on. He'll fit right in with our crowd. You know what? I couldn't take him to every church in this county. I couldn't take him to every church in my own city. Better than some of them would have run him out of the church house. They wouldn't let him in. But you see, come over here. Sit right back there in that middle section. And got under Holy Ghost conviction. God dealt with him. He told me, he said, I'd have come forward that Thursday night. But he said, I realized I was about 400 miles from home. My drinking buddies and my gambling buddies, hey, they wasn't bad. I didn't have to face them. But you see, that was on Thursday night. We headed out of here and drove back to Knoxville. Got in about 3 o'clock Friday morning. I handed him a $100 bill for driving me over. And that night, Friday night, at a quarter after 11, that me and my wife, Bart, was sitting there in the living room and had the front door open, the big door, and the little old door was standing there. He kicked that door in. I mean, had both hands straight up in the air. And he was screaming. I said, God, he shot somebody. Somebody's got killed. And he was screaming. I've gone as far as I can go. I can't go no further. My wife took off back in the back bedroom a shouting and a squalling. I fell out on the floor with him. We began to I said, you want me to read you some scripture and quote you some Bible? He said, let's pray. And we prayed and squalled. And when he got up, I said, what about it? He said, we're a little late. He said, I asked Jesus to save me on the way over here. And he said, he saved me in that Chevrolet pickup truck. Thank God for a church like this one. Why could bring an old old sinner boy who looked like an outlaw in a thug and you folk made him feel welcome. You see, she had heard that woman did. Somebody befriended her. Somebody told her that Jesus cares. That Jesus cares. Now I'm glad to report to you this morning he cares. Thank God he cares. Oh, now there's a learning of Jesus. There was a longing for Jesus. And there was a looking for Jesus. When she come through that crowd, she wasn't looking for Nathaniel, Bartholomew, James, or John. She wasn't looking for none of them boys. She was looking for that one they called Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, she was a looking and a longing. And she makes her way through the last one of them. And you know what I believe is going on? Now, I'm really going reading between the lines here. But now... See, Jairus, if you read earlier, Jairus said, Lord, come down to the house. My daughters are dying. But I can see Jesus taking his time. All of a sudden, he just slows down. I'd almost hear Simon Peter, Lord, didn't you hear Jairus? His daughter's about to die. Lord, why are you slowing down here, right here in the middle of this crowd? And Jesus said, just be quiet, boys. Just have a little patience. You see, he knew that woman with the issue of blood was a coming. Known unto him all his works from the foundation of the world. She was a coming through that crowd. Crowd, friend. And hey, she didn't slip in on the blind side. She didn't come through the back door like a red-headed stepchild. Hey, friend, he knew she was a-coming. And he was there to greet her and welcome her. 
But then you got saved. You didn't get God, but you didn't get in by accident. You didn't catch God by surprise. He knows you was a coming friend. He was drawing you and convicting you. And I see now as she makes her way through the crowd. Buddy, her hearts are breaking. She knows she's a dying. And now there's nothing between her and the Savior. I can see that outer garment blowing in the breeze a little bit. And she's standing there now. Nothing between her and the Savior but distance. And the only way that distance can be spanned is by faith. By faith. And buddy, she's taken what she's heard. See Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing coming by the word of the Lord. She takes what she's heard and she musters up faith, God-given faith. And she reaches out and spans that gap of her need and she just touches. She doesn't wrestle to the ground. She just touches the hem of his garment. Lord, how mercy there's more to touch a hem. There's more than just a Touch a heel, and you'll never get over in a lifetime. Man, she just touched the hem of his garment, and immediately she was made whole. Now, watch this. Notice in verse 34. Not only you see the destitution, not only you see the disease and the decision, but notice the dividends. Hallelujah, buddy. There's some dividends when you touch Jesus. Oh, when you touch him for salvation, they some dividends. Look what he said in verse 34. And notice, he not, you say, preacher, he didn't know who did that. Don't you remember reading, preacher? He said, who touched me? Listen, he didn't ask that because he didn't know that. He was wanting a public confession out of her. He wanted her to acknowledge before everybody. In verse 34, now he said unto her daughter, he said unto her daughter, what's this? Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. You say, preacher, what's the dividends? Well, watch this. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the English language, and you can figure that out very readily. I don't know much about prepositions and adverbs and nouns, and I don't know where to put them and how to, you know, I, I can't get all that stuff together. But I do know this much. I know that when he said, daughter... That's family talk. Daughter! I don't call nobody daughter but my little girl Rebecca. My daddy never called nobody daughter but my sister Susan. And Jesus said, daughter, there's a holy relationship. It's as though she's passed from death unto life. She has got herself in the family of God by just touching him for what she needed. He said, daughter, there's a holy relationship. He said, by faith, there's a heaven revelation that by faith, girl, by faith. Listen to me. Look around in here today. If you can only hear the testimonies. Hey, some of us were deep in sin. Drug addicts. I mean, liquor heads. I mean, going through all kinds. What he's done for us, sinner, he can do for you. And he will do it for him. For you, if you'll trust him. And then notice there's, there's that happy rest. He said, go in peace. Gone in peace. Man, she's not known any peace for 12 years. Unsettledness and turmoil and fear. But she says she goes down toward her house that day, and she's got that, that happy peace. That happy peace that passes up all understanding. I don't know how to explain it. I don't really know how to explain it. 
But that morning that I got saved, that morning that I got born again, there was a sweet, sweet peace swept across my soul. That I'm talking about peace like a river, friend. And I can still retain that peace. You say, how? Isaiah 26.3 said, They that keep their minds upon the Lord, He said, They shall have peace. If you'll meditate and keep your mind on the Lord, He'll give you peace. That continually goes with you. Now, notice the healthy recovery. He said, Daughter, he said, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. There's a healthy recovery here. Jesus has operated again. Jesus has successfully healed an old sinner as it was. I jotted down one day, there's no burden he can't lift. There's no battle he can't win. There's no habit he can't conquer. There's no shackle of sin he can't break. There's none too far out he can't bring back. None too low he can't bring up. None too hard he can't soften. None too cold he can't warm up. None too dead he can't give life to. None so sick that he can't heal. None so confused he can't straighten out. I'm glad the Lord can handle any situation. Now, that's the introduction. I'll be through in five minutes. I want you to see somebody get us to Jesus. You know what the ministry of this whole church is about? Getting people to Jesus. The camp meeting this week. Getting people to Jesus. That's the reason the Lord saved us and left us behind. Is to get people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how you came in, what door you came in. Maybe you come in here this morning and you've got all kinds of problems and you're confused and you're desperate. I'm going to tell you one who can handle that situation, Jesus. You see, somebody get us to Jesus for revival in the sanctuary. You know what's going to bring revival across our land? It's getting back to Jesus, friend. Getting back to the Lord Jesus. What about reality in your service for the Lord? Now, you don't know it, but I came in here on Friday night. I was a bump and bottom. I done been in three or four dry holes, dead, I mean, dead ends. Man, I'm talking about dry as the Sahara Desert. And I needed some reality back in my service. I was wondering, you know, what I was called preaching on. I know none of you have been like that. I mean, I was in a bad fix. It was dry. But I said over there Friday night, and the choir began to sing. And suddenly they had the juice in them songs. And I was getting a drink. I was a drinking from wine. Nobody knew nothing about it in that corner. And God put some reality back in my service. And it's giving to Jesus that'll do that. Are you tired of your bus route? Are you tired in that Sunday school class? Are you tired in your service for the Lord? We need to make a fresh trip to Jesus, buddy. He'll put reality back in your service. What about reinforcement from our struggles? You ever struggled any? Oh, I know y'all, y'all are all super saints. But every now and then I struggle with this thing. You hear me? You say, preacher, you ought not admit that. I'm just being honest. I struggle sometimes. Why, you say, I've got it down pat. Well, you're a lot greater than Paul, then. Romans 7, Paul said, That that I would not do, I do. And that that ought not, I do, I ought not do. Oh, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. That who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he answered his own question. Thanks be unto God through the Lord Jesus. Hey, Paul struggled a little bit, too. And in our struggles, friend, I'm going to tell you something. There's reinforcement. When you can get to Jesus. What about you need some relief from your sufferings? You need some relief from your sufferings? Old Dr. F.B. Meyer, 
That great old preacher, I was reading behind him one day, he said, don't never look at a congregation, no matter how big or how little, that you don't see broken homes, broken hearts, broken health. People are suffering. You know what can help us? The only one who can help us is getting to Jesus. Get us to Jesus. Get us to Jesus. And then I come to a close. You need recovery from your straying? You ever strayed away from the Lord and the, them, them, them old glory bells quit ringing and the holy birds quit singing and there's a silent hush down in your heart? Have you ever strayed from the Lord? I'm glad old Psalmist David pinned that down and said, He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. Can't you see that shepherd going out there and here's one of his lambs. Bye, bye. He looks around in that fold and he said, That's fluffy. That's fluffy shores of the world. That's fluffy in two mountain. Here's him again. Bye, bye. He goes around out there and he's got that shepherd's staff. And there's old fluffy down in the ravine. He's been fit straddling again, running off. And that shepherd doesn't cuss him. That shepherd doesn't make fun of him. But that old shepherd gets down with that old long staff, puts it up under his belly, and begins to lift him up ever so gently. And when he gets him up here, he doesn't grab him by the nap of the neck and shake him and say, I beat the devil out of you. But he takes that little old lamb that's a shake and he's so scared, that pulls it up close to his heart. And that lamb hears that shepherd's heart beat. And I can hear that old shepherd saying, It's all right now, Fluffy. I found you. I got you back. Thank God there's a way back home for you. If you strayed and got away from him, there's a way back home. There's a way back. Somebody give us to Jesus for rejoicing in our spirits. Keeps us rejoicing and singing along the way. I close. For redemption for my soul. For redemption for your soul. Listen to me. Church can't save you. Religion can't save you. Water baptism will never do it. Rosary beads, hail marriage, they'll never do it. No wafer, no water, no works. But the wonderful Lord Jesus can save your soul, friend. He's inviting from the doom of hell to the delight of heaven. He's inviting transgressing sinners to become saints of God. He's inviting, he's inviting. Somebody get us to Jesus.